Welcome to Tales of Adulting with Anne and Ashley. Welcome to another episode of Tales of Adulting, where the struggle is real for everyone, specifically your co-hosts, me, Ashley, and Anne. Oh, sometimes it's so hard. Adulting. <laughs> Hashtag I adulting is hard. I don't understand why we have to adult so hard. Errands to run. It's like, what, when when is this going to end? I think it just gets worse. But anyway, anyway, how was your week? It was great. I, I mean, speaking of adulting, like, fails, I have to deal with insurance. Our house was really um, beat up in a recent hailstorm. And it's, like, all I can do to be civil to these people on the phone and like how, I don't know, it, it like makes me think I don't want to own a house and I just want to have a landlord to help deal with all this. <laughs> Put me in like a buffer, right? <laughs> What's the matter with the people on the phone? Well, they only want to pay to re-side one side of our house. What? <laughs> Thank you. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? That sounds it? pretty ridiculous. Like, yeah, our house are the old asbestos tiles, and so they're not made anymore. You literally can't install them because they're unsafe. Um, I mean, they're fine if they're not, you know, cracking or whatever, but if you're going to remove them, like, you got to remove them and you have to be careful. Well, our insurance doesn't have to, is claiming that they only have to fix the damaged ones, therefore they only have to reside one side of the house with a completely different kind of siding that's not going to match. I but don't oh, it'll be the same. How color. that can even be the a thing? Like, why would you do? Well, it's like patching, so right? Like, why wouldn't you just make it better, all of it better, instead of just trying to like plug the leak? I know. You know. Oh, it was like all I could do to be civil to this woman, and I'm basically like, okay, well, I'm gonna need to talk to your supervisor because that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but well, hopefully you can forget about it soon. I know. I was like, besides all the lame adulting stuff, but I'm also getting ready to go to Belize. Have you so been I've to been Belize laying... before? No. I had to look It'll up where it was at a map. Time. I'm not going to lie, but it looks pretty amazing. Interesting fact, Belize was known as British Honduras until like 1981. What? Yeah. It was a British colony and it gained its independence in like 64, but it didn't change its names until the 80s, which I'm like, that is crazy. So it's a relatively young, quote unquote, country um, on its own. But, you know, obviously it's, it's been around forever. There's a lot of Mayan civilization ruins there. So that is fascinating because I feel like one of the best ways that I learn about a place is like going there because you read, you're more interested in the history you're more interested in the place and then it's like you can go experience these things as well um just last weekend yeah oh just last weekend we uh we went to uh, monterey and learned that california was argentina for like six days in the 1800s it's like so interesting i did not know that yeah yeah so fascinating so what are you doing in belize um, well, you just reminded me, like, one of the millions of reasons that I love to travel. You know, you just, you learn 
new stuff and I love to learn new stuff and you know me I'm a total nerd so I like read the guidebook I like google stuff I listen to podcasts about the country I'm going to like I'm all in on learning about it um but I actually want to try to relax a little bit on this trip and not do anything not have anything too planned the only thing we really have planned are um we're gonna scuba dive for two days and so you kind of have to have this planned yeah yeah Yes, there are three atolls off the coast of Belize, and there's only four in the northern hemisphere. So they're basically formations of coral that rise up from the ocean floor, um, you know, from tectonic plate movement, you know, over years and years and years that have built up. So they're these amazing sites to go diving. So I'm really excited about that. And my husband's supposedly getting certified, like, as I speak right now. So <laughs> Supposedly, We'll Hopefully. see. The, oh, the beautiful so lakes of Colorado are a little bit different than tropical diving. Yeah. When I got certified, um, I went, I was taken to what they called, and I'm going to do air quotes here, the playground. And at the bottom of this pond was a toilet, a shopping cart, and a washing machine. And that's like what you had to hook on to. <laughs> was that like some of the best diving of your life? <laughs> Yeah, basically. I was, like, actually terrified after doing that. I'm like, oh, God, I don't think I'm going to like diving. And then I went to an ocean where you could actually see your hand in front of your face, and I felt much better. I feel like that's, like, a good way to manage your expectations. Like, okay, you can do this, and then, like, your next trip is going to be so amazing. So much better. So I'm excited. Apparently, there's, like, amazing food seafood down there and I've recently given up eating most animal products but I think I'm gonna have some seafood because that's like people catching it right there like if you're being conscious about your life choices that's got to be one of them right you're supporting local people doing their local thing yeah and I mean that's the fun of traveling as well like you don't go somewhere and don't do what the locals do it's like you go somewhere and it's like you're not gonna get that fresh seafood elsewhere it's like you you make those choices when you're traveling to you know, it's like yes. you want to live your life. They like, also have all these crazy fruits that I've never heard of. Ooh. Like some that I have. Like they have dragon fruit, which I love dragon fruit. But soursop and um, I can't even remember. But all these funky fruits. So I'm pretty excited about that. Tropical paradise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really jazzed. I just need to pack and finish up some work stuff, and we'll be on a plane pretty soon. Yeah. So on a plane. So most people, I know some people really don't like traveling because they don't like flying. And I actually really like flying. I find that it's yeah. really relaxing. Like other people find the airports and waiting in line, but it's a great time. Like you can listen to podcasts, you can read. You don't have to be doing anything else but waiting in line and being at the airport. And plus, the airport is some really great people watching time. Um, But I actually like sitting in the plane, like the physical act of being in the plane. Like, I never get as good naps as I do when it's takeoff. Like, that just lulls me to sleep (laughs) like a baby, and I love it. So I don't mind short flights, long flights, but I'm always very interested in people's flight plans you gotta you gotta have a plan especially for long flights you know it's like yes what are you gonna do are you gonna like do work are you gonna do movies are you gonna you know drink a shit ton of wine or whatever or do all the above but you have to have a plan right so do you have a plan and do you have any crazy flight stories (laughs) oh all of the above (laughs) 
I my plan for a plane. I'm like you. I don't mind long flights. I guess I just it doesn't make me anxious. I read. I watch like 13 movies if I want to do it. I definitely try to plan some sleep yeah. so that I either like drink some wine and then maybe take like a sleeping pill or a Benadryl or, you know, something that'll knock me out. Um, that just helps set me like when I get to the ground, then be in a good spot. Right. I'm rested. Um, but yeah, that's probably my plan. And eye mask, earplugs, neck pillow. That's all Definitely. you need. Definitely. I like slippers as well for long flights. Oh, I bring my, my feet are swollen. fuzzy socks. <laughs> yes, yes. You need something to keep your feet warm. Totally. So I really want and I hate com- wearing shoes. I know. I really want compression socks. <laughs> oh, you could do that. I think that they're like old lady type. That's but a like very a old lot lady of, thing to I say. I know, but people wear them on flights. And I don't know. I think they're great. So I am not... Um, a drug taker on flights, but I know that some people swear by it. Like, pop that sleeping pill, you're, like, really good. So I took a recent flight to China, and no jet lag, no problems. So great. But then upon returning, it was just, like, I had such bad jet lag, and I'm kicking myself because I think that I maybe should have taken a pill, a Benadryl, a few more glasses of wine did you sleep on the plane at all not really like a little bit but yeah what's your what what's your um what's your rec there oh i think it's i think it's necessary but that's just me um it's kind of funny because thinking of like my worst slash most hilarious flight stories ever you and china are definitely involved (laughs) Because uh, when China's involved I, in anything, I just like it. <laughs> oh, and we had like too much fun, but we completely underestimated how long it would take us to get to the airport from your abode in Shanghai. I, I have a question though: Was it that you underestimated, or were we maybe like drinking some wine and we just wanted you to miss your flight? <laughs> I know it was. It felt really sad to leave. Which is funny because, like, I, you know, we do get to talk and see each other, but it was just so fun, like, being together there, you know? Yes. It was a good time. And we completely underestimated, and we had an international flight. We were flying to Denver, and um, my husband had a, like, hurt his ankle. Remember how he was, like, limping around and he had that lame cast? Poor so guy we was get in to the airport. The whole trip. Great trooper. The whole though. trip. Like, trooper yeah god only knows what was on that boot by the time we got home his ankle was like the size of a watermelon it was so gross oh oh it's gross (laughs) but so he was like really slowly walking and our flight is at 6 p.m and we finally get to the airport at 5 p.m to check into our international flight and like the shanghai airport is ginormous massive and not only is it enormous but there's a lot of people and long lines and pretty much i mean chaos you aren't gonna get through there fast chaos and like skip is like hobbling along in the slowest possible way and i'm like please, oh my god we're gonna miss our flight please tell me the so story like, ends with you putting him on a cart and pushing him through the airport oh <laughs> i wish i could have found a cart or like a wheelchair or something uh, no actually this is worse because instead i left him i was like oh, okay no. you just keep walking at your slow ass pace and i'm gonna run to the counter and check us in i'm like give me your passport mm. give me all your stuff 
So I'm like running through the airport and I'm like, great, I'm probably going to get like stopped by the police because I'm <laughs> doing something illegal. Locked up in China. Oh, God, that's not even funny. And then um, I finally make it to the counter and the lady won't let me check in skip. She'll only let me check in myself. But thank God, I was like, oh, are we okay on time? And she's like, yeah, we're going to close in a couple of minutes. Like, ah. in America, we would have never made our flight. So, God bless China. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we hadn't checked in, so we didn't have seats assigned to us. Oh and so we literally, we are, like, walking into the plane, and, we, like, we keep going, and we keep going. And it's one of those really big planes that has, like, three and then six in the middle. Yes. So it's like a really big plane and like multiple departments. There was like an upstairs, although we didn't, we were not privy to that. I think that's, that's like where fancy people. And that's sit. called first class or business class. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we were one in, day, um, my friend. One day, I don't even know. We were in peasant class, so we were oh, literally no. walking, walking, walking. We were in the second to last row of this oh, giant God. plane in the two middle seats oh, in like God. the middle of the middle aisle, and behind us were two. 10-month-old babies. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, my God, we've angered the gods. And they cried the whole I hope, time. I hope you had your sleeping pills with you then. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Actually, I was a really nice wife, and I let Skip have my eye mask. Aww. And so he slept. And I was, like, really nerding out on this, like, King Arthur and Queen Guinevere book. And it was a pretty good flight. I can't complain. But it was also, like, okay. the roughest flight I've ever been on. My wine was, like, sloshing back and forth. Ten-month-old babies, wine sloshing back and forth. Sounds like an adventure. And I don't know what I've done. I've never been in those middle seats before. Uh, and I, like, instantly felt bad for everybody who ever has been. Those are the worst seats. I have been, like, really spoiled lately in the last few flights that I've taken. I haven't had seatmates. So I'm, like, got to stretch nice. out and, like, beat yeah. up. It's great when that happens. But I, it doesn't really oh, happen it's the all best. that often. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? The okay, great thing so- is is that you're moving. So I was once stuck in the Moscow airport for 24 hours. And it was pretty much the worst 24 hours of my life. I still want to go back like to Russia. Was this like you got on a list and like you weren't able to leave? Or tell me more. So we were flying. When you say Moscow, we my wheels start turning. To Spain and from Korea and the layover. Of course, it was like the cheapest flight. So it was like, oh, layover in Moscow. Like, sweet, a few hours. Oh, no, no, no. But it was like overnight or something. So we were really tired. And it was Kyle and I. And, and um, so we were like, okay, well, we'll just sleep across from the gate. Like, just like. Put our stuff down, like, rest, not really sleep, right? It was like, we do not want to stay here. We need to get somewhere else. And so we set up and set our alarms, like, set multiple alarms and thought, okay, if we do fall asleep, they'll do our names on the intercom, whatnot. But we fell hard and fast asleep, and when we woke up, we were surrounded by absolutely no one. So oh, no. we were stuck in the Moscow airport uh, for 24 hours because they were like, no, there's no other flights. You, What are you going to do? And they were like ridiculous because you need a visa to go to Russia. So the guy was like kind of like toying with us and was like, so who we're going to let you out? Like who's going to pay for your hotel? And we were like, we are, we are. And he was asking us all these strange questions. And then he was like, no, you can't go. So what? we're st- <laughs> 
yes yeah and he was just like nope nope sorry and so we had to stay in the airport and it's like not a great airport there was like oh randomly like a tgi fridays there like what (laughs) and you know me i drink like tons of water and not only just regularly but like when traveling like i up my water game and the only water that you could drink was like bottled water for six dollars a bottle and i was like i'm pretty sure i'm going to die here and it that it was just really 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 bad and and there was no internet yeah just everything that you could think of it was not good so i would much rather be on a flight with screaming babies because at least you're moving but the whole russia story i think the worst part of it was that it, this was during the um whole 50 shades of gray craze oh, and so yeah. that book was so big and i was like <laughs> oh you know i kind of was like like oh, i don't want to read it because it just it seemed i don't know gimmicky and kind of gross and i gave in i was like okay fine i'll read it and so that was the only book i had while stuck at the airport with like no internet or anything and it was like so bad that i couldn't even read it i gave up i read like five pages and then it was just like this is my life will i ever get out of this airport like get this book away from me it was not pleasant oh. <laughs> okay i was TGIF oh, oh. Fridays the only restaurant? I because that in is my bizarre. Mi- in my mind, it is. Yes, I think there was in some your, weird okay. coffee shop. So anyway, this is the same airport um, that Snowden was stuck in, but he was stuck there for weeks, way back wow. when, right? And I'm just like, yeah, what? like I was there for like 24 hours, and I thought I almost died, but he was stuck there for weeks. And I'm just like, how does he get along? But where is he now? Because he's been in the news again. Wasn't he still in Ecuador? Yeah, that's right. Or no, he was in the Ecuador Equ- embassy. In London, right? In London, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I know he's been in the the news for Sweden dropping the rape charges. But it didn't. I don't know too much about it. I mean, it still sounds like he still could be prosecuted for some things. But I think... It's such an interesting phenomenon of Snowden because it's brought a lot of things into our minds, into the forefront, and people talking mm-hmm. about things. Like, what does the government do? What do they control? Like, how about our information? I don't know. It's it's a, It just seems like the perfect storm right now for him to come into yes. it and then create a bigger storm. <laughs> well, and not to, like, always bring everything back to Trump and our current administration. Mm, it's but hard not to. Chairman- I'm not going to lie. Right. And when Chairman Wheeler stepped down from the FCC and Chairman Pai now is in place, they have like polar opposite views on many, many things around net neutrality and like our data protection here in the U.S. So they've already reversed some of those things that um, Chairman Wheeler had set in play. I'm not going to lie. I don't necessarily I couldn't pick those people out of the lineup, but like I understand what you're saying. I think that's happening in a lot of sectors, but go on. Yes. Yes. But I mean, this one it's interesting I work in tech I used to be in telecom and it's like a really interesting topic because the way we talk about it here in the U.S. is so technical that a lot of people don't understand so they don't get all up in arms about it Um, like something that the FCC recently rolled back basically gives all your internet providers your ISPs internet service providers the right to sell um, 
your data, like so the right yeah. to sell what it is you are looking at on the internet, doing on the internet, etc. And it's such a technical way that they talked about it. I don't feel like people like got all up in arms like they probably should have. And you know, now net neutrality is on the block, yeah. which basically could inhibit which is some of our crazy. free market. It's the, I mean, the world, yeah, it's like no longer a yeah. free market. It's very interesting yeah. because in in my view of it, I think is probably different than maybe other people's like you can't I know a lot of people are very paranoid about having their data sold or what people know about them but I feel like we live in a world that if you say it if you think it if you google it anything that's online like people know like people know about it and there's no way you're gonna hide that which I also think is also a a motivation like live your life like everybody's gonna know because everybody does know but I think a lot of people in the states are really worried and they think that they can protect themselves and you probably have a better viewpoint of this as well and even in Europe I know um, a lot of Europeans are just so worried about it like I just met a guy who uses separate phones like he has one phone for like some social medias and another phone for other social medias and wow. it just seemed like a big extent to go to for something that I don't I think that whatever people want to know they're going to know one way or another like it's, are we protected I, know, I don't it, think so it feels out of like it feels like it's out of my hands here do you know what I mean like no one takes the time to detail read terms and conditions for any new app you put on your phone oh, no or, way um you know program you download or etc but like at one point in time and it actually might still be like this uber and their terms and conditions like granted themselves access to everything on your phone even wow. your photos wow and it's like there's absolutely no reason that they would need that access but then I feel like we're, like, shoehorned, like, well, I guess. I mean, everybody else accepts it, right? Mm, crowd mentality. And, and I need, I quote, unquote, need this service yeah. or this product or this whatever, you know? Okay, that blows my yeah. mind and is a bit creepy. I'm not that surprised, though, but Super it's that creepy. sort of thing. Like, they have access to everything no matter if they no matter who we want it or not and you're exactly right because it's like when you download a new app do you read terms and conditions like I know I don't I no. never do I'm always like you think oh this is going to improve my life and and for a lot of those companies too it's like people don't think I, I don't think that people think Uber is that great a company but it's like oh well they're improving yeah. lives they're like helping the economy or you know I'm just thinking right. like meditation apps are really really popular yeah. Um, nowadays. Yeah, Uber is like, like a shit show. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's for every single thing you could think of. Oh, that it, is insane. Yeah, it's, it, it is. I don't know. In in um, So I talk about China a lot because I had recently lived there. But in China, like people almost welcome like their data and their um, information being out there. So there's a social credit rating system. And so um, the government, with help from private companies, will collect people's data. So what they're what they're buying online, like what they're posting on social media, um, things like that. And they'll combine all of this on your online life, and then give you a score similar to a credit rating. And people actually, you know, it's like it's not that weird. It's like they're being rated on their online behavior. And of course, I think they take into some offline, uh, offline things into account as well. But in in China, it's like you don't know who to trust. Like, how do I know that I should buy this app or buy from this seller? 
And it's like the social credit rating system is just one more guarantee that you're like, okay, I can trust this person or this person is trustworthy. So it's just interesting, I think, how it's looked at around the world as well. Right. Yeah, we don't, we get like moderately up in arms here in America, but I don't feel like anybody actually does anything then. No. You know what I mean? Like, we're not deleting the app. Like, we're not, not doing something that we think you know, might impact, like, even VPNs, virtual private networks. I mean, I know you had to use them all the time in China. They're not wildly popular or probably even well-known for just your general consumer here. Super interesting. Yeah, yeah. It makes me kind of scared, though, you know, like, people selling our data. And it's like, then you're, like, being targeted. Like, I know advertising is very targeted, and but it just makes mm-hmm. me think that we're, like, living in this world that they wrote about in, in the books, and it's going to be, like, this sci-fi world, and everything is, I don't know, like, too yeah. clean. Like, you know, it's like things aren't dirty or messy, or you're not learning about new things that aren't targeted specifically for you. And it's like, what is the world becoming? I don't know. How can we fight against it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm torn on some respects because, yes, I think our data, we should have a little bit more ownership and, like, we should understand where and how our data is being used. And I, I have my own thoughts about people making money off of it. But there's also something to be said about collecting all of this data and anonymizing it and making, like, solving problems for the greater good, right? Yeah, that's very there true. There was this um, – yeah, and, so, and if we if we don't give up some of that data, then we can't necessarily make those um, big data assumptions, right? But on the on the flip and, side, like I talked to someone is a I don't know they write for medical journals, and it's like twenty three and Me, the genetics company, is just down the road, and it's like, yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. They're doing great work, and she was a bit more skeptical about it because it's like, well, yeah, they can use it for really good things, but they can also use it for bad things, you know? Right. I I don't know, but I mean. You hope then it's used for good things and not bad things. Right. It's not a guarantee. Right? Yeah. That's like our call for the week. Everybody, let's just be good people and drink more water, okay? Heck yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> I can get behind <laughs> those things. I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to go out there and like look at the terms and conditions for all my apps, but no. I can try to support companies that are good and I can drink more water. And wine. That's it. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to support more companies and drink more water. Well, that's oh, your tales of adulting for this week. Looking forward yeah. to chatting again and hearing more about adulting fails. Thanks for listening. And I'm sure there'll be more. Adulting never ends, like I said before. <laughs> Bye. To share your stories, email us at talesofadulting at gmail.com. Music provided by bensound.com. <laughs>